Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by Coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Good morning, West Georgia. Welcome in to the Morning Five podcast. Today is Friday, July 21st. We have made it to Friday, folks. And as always, today's podcast is brought to you by the Parian Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today. But hey, life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Parian Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers, catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results. Billy, we are 13 days away from the NFL, 14 days away from high school football, and 36 days away from college foosball. The closer and closer it gets, you know, I'm I'm hoping that we get a lot better weather than we have right now because I'm dying. You know how I am. Like, this heat is killing me. Oh, man. Yesterday was gorgeous. Yesterday was one of the best, uh, like, uh, football days we had in the evenings. We got out and got our, um, did our little, uh, you know, evaluation things out there, a little conditioning, and that was, that was one of the most manageable days. It's supposed to get a little cooler this weekend, I think. I hope so, because dear Lord, man, it's hot. Yeah, I think it's, I I think, uh, I think the highs this weekend are are like in the low eighties, I think. Eat it. And then it goes back. And then it goes back. I, I love it. Yeah, I, I can't I can't stand the cold weather. I when it gets below seventy degrees, there's no reason humans should be outside. It's terrible. It's awful. Um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna move down to the equator where it doesn't get below eighty all year long. That's that's my ideal ideal weather right there. Give me the heat. Give me the heat. Uh, today is National Junk Food Day, Billy. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm a big fan. What is your favorite form of junk food? Ooh, okay. So I'm a big fan of chips. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. What? What's your favorite tip? What's what? What? What specifically is your favorite chip? So I love the Tostitos scoops. Okay. I like. I, I could eat those just by themselves. Number one. But then you add the fact that they're literally made for dip. Um, <laughs> so I, I I don't know. I like them that way. Yeah, I, I'm with you on the scoops. I like scoops. Give me um, give me either. I don't know. It's a tough on the chips. I'm with you on the chips, though. I'm a big chips guy. Um, the, the chili cheese Fritos are pretty elite. I love those things. I love the... Okay. Um, uh, the honey barbecue twist Fritos, I think that's what they're called. Uh, those are really good, but I, I think my go-to, if it's going to have to be Fritos scoops, but we're going to scoop them in some crunchy peanut butter. And if nobody's ever had that, it's a phenomenal combination. You get you get Fritos scoops and you dip them into some uh, crunchy or smooth, whichever type of peanut butter you like. Dip them in there and use the peanut butter as a dip. It's really elite. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the chips category, man. I'm a big chips fan. Um, Emily gets these, uh, like, fried pita bread chip thingies that are really good. You dip them in hummus 
and those are awesome. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the chip train, man. So my biggest problem with the chili cheese um, Fritos, for some reason, even getting like one of those small bags that you get like from uh, the like dispensed uh, machines, you know what I'm talking about? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, they wouldn't need to be small bags. Right. Yes. Even getting those small bags, like it messes with my body. Like I don't know. Like I, I have the worst indigestion afterwards. Like the worst. Really? Yeah. Huh. I, I don't terrible. think I've ever gotten that from Fritos. That's yeah, interesting. It's just on the chili cheese. Just the chili cheese ones. That's yeah, interesting. Like I, the the regular Fritos doesn't mess with me, but the the Fritos chili cheese, yeah, it messes with me bad. That's crazy. Throws off the little I pH levels that. in your body. That's odd. I wonder why. I wonder what. I wonder what's in I, the uh, flavoring for that. I love the taste of it, but it gives me the worst indigestion. Huh. That's that's interesting. Good to know. Um, yeah, and if you want to get a little, if you want to get a little fancy on those, you get the chili cheese. You get like four or five of those little bags and crunch them up, and then pour them in a bowl, and then you make chips out of them. You pour like some uh, some cheese over them. You put some lettuce on them, tomatoes, jalapenos, hot sauce. Uh, then you eat it with eat it with a spoon usually because it gets really messy. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on the uh, on the chips junk food. Uh, Braves beat the D-backs last night, seven to five. Nice to see the Bravos get a tick in the win column after a four-game losing streak. Uh, Riley and Olsen both with three RBIs. Riley has just been on fire the past couple of weeks, the past couple of days since coming back from the All-Star game. Uh, Austin, Absolute fire. Austin, I think he's, I think he's like around fifteen RBIs since the All-Star break, or something insane. Like, it's, it's crazy. Uh, and, and Matt Olson hit two home runs last night. He's only three back of the MLB lead and Otani. I think Otani is still on 35. Uh, Matt Olson creeping up right behind him at 32. So nice to see those two big bats get going, man. That's what we uh, that's what we need. Seven to five win last night. RC got the scoring going with a solo shot in the sixth inning. And Spencer Strider was unhittable through six innings. I mean, absolutely unhittable through six innings. He, he only officially pitched six innings but he did go into the seventh and the, and the wheels wheels sort of fell off in the seventh inning uh he went six gave up four and runs and 13 k's i really thought strider could get 16 18 20 k's last night just depending on how many innings he pitched but the uh the wheels sort sort of i don't want to say they fell off because he gave up four runs which isn't terrible um but they just sort of lost his groove the the d-backs kind of got into him last night in the seventh inning. Uh, Bray, uh, Spencer Strider now has the most strikeouts in MLB history through his first 40 starts with 354. So that young man's doing something right up there on the bump. Yeah, he's he's absolutely insane. And, and let me tell you something. I was watching this and I was all pumped about Spencer Strider. I mean, he, he looked absolutely unhittable, like you mentioned. Um, <clears throat> the problem that I had was as soon as we got to the bullpen, the bullpen it it pooped themselves. They absolutely yep. pooped themselves, yep. and it drove me absolutely crazy. Like I was, I was saying words that people would blush at. Like I was so angry. Like this, after a thirteen strikeout performance, you should not have to worry about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. Especially after I think we actually took the lead, um, and he would have had the um, win had we not given up that three-run bomb. And it just, oh god, 
it irritates me yep. so bad. Yep. Yeah, it was uh, Kyle Yates came in, gave up a run. Rysel Iglesias came in to close it out and did what he did. It gave up a hit, gave up a walk. Rysel Iglesias just can't seem to get an easy save here recently. I don't know what it is, but I know I know he went through like an entire month uh, where he where he essentially like didn't give up a run. But right now it seems like man, every time Rysel Iglesias goes out there, it's always a nerve wracking. It's always a nerve wracking outing, and and it's uh it's it's not great. But the Braves did pick up the win or did pick up the win last night. It's kind of weird, you know. As good as Strider pitched last night, he didn't get the win. That <laughs> kind of sucks, man. No. Yeah. This, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, no, no, I'm with you. It's, yeah. I can't. Worst stat in baseball, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, yeah. yeah I, am, I am right there with you, man. This is absolutely the worst stat in baseball. Uh, so the Braves are 11 up in the loss column over the Philadelphia, almost said 76ers, Philadelphia Phillies. Braves are now 42 and three in games where they score six or more runs. And the Braves haven't had a five game losing streak, Billy, since September of 2017. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's nice. That's nice, isn't it? Six years. It, it, sh- it just shows how dominant the Braves have been since then. Over half a decade, over half a decade. And we haven't in a in a in a game that you play 162 regular season games, I mean a ton. And a five-game slide is very easy for good teams to do, just getting a little bit of a funk. And the Braves haven't done it since September 2017. That's absurd. That's an absurd yeah, stat. I agree. It's it's absolutely insane. And the fact that like four games is is it, and they're like, nope, we're done with yep. four. Yeah. And every we're stopping at four. <laughs> man it's awesome yeah it's great to be a Braves fan right now but we went we went through uh you know a couple years of poop when they were first moving to truest you know <laughs> we went through some poop years uh alan weenens uh, have you heard of this kid i haven't heard of this kid uh yeah yeah i've heard of him but um i haven't i don't know much about him uh he'll be making his mlb debut with the braves as he is scheduled to start saturday after six seasons in the minor leagues uh, quite the rise, honestly, from a college senior who signed for 10K in 2018. 10K. He was making $10,000 a year in 2018. Uh, he yielded a 2.81 ERA in AAA this season, over 102 in a two-thirds inning. So from 2018 to 2023, he's been grinding in the minor leagues. And we're going to see Mr. Winans or Weenans. I don't know how you pronounce that. Uh, we'll see him Saturday versus uh, the brew crew so it'll be interesting to see what we got down there yeah i'm i'm kind of pumped to to see what he's got so i real quick before we get move on to uh our other topic um i saw a article yesterday and it was based out of i think bleacher report and it everyone is linking shohei otani to atlanta oh my god we, stop it it's it's you know it, I don't see this happening. I don't either. But, but the one that I saw last night was like, I'll, I'll take that one. Um, basically, it was AJ Smith Shaver and like four other prospects or five other prospects that you either have either heard of or barely heard of for Shohei. No major league prospects. Like, wow. Major league. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
I, know, I I like AJ Smith Schauber, but for sure, you know, if, I love if, Shohei. Yeah, yeah. AJ Smith Schauber is a nice piece. Shohei Otani could go down as a top five all time baseball player. Yes, and yes. granted, he's only we'd only be given him what two months because you know he's a free agent after this. But I, still, I don't know, dude. The the way the way. AA re-signs these guys as soon as we trade for them. Like the wizard, the wizardry that AA does up there in his office to get some of these guys to sign friendly deals. Like if we traded for Otani, I wouldn't be shocked if we signed him to like a a, a ten year deal where we pay him three million dollars a, a year. I, obviously not that, but it's just it's kind of crazy how AA pulls off these insane team friendly contracts. With I mean, with even even like look at Sean Murphy and Matt Olson when we signed them, like. Neither one of those guys were here for very long. And I don't want to say they were ultra team-friendly deals, but they were very light on the side of what they could have gotten in an open market free agency, I think, in baseball. So, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't put it past AA to if, – if the trade for Otani does go down and we get, we get him, I wouldn't put it past AA to say that he signs them to some team-friendly deal. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'd love, I'd love to, to get him. There's no doubt. Like, you're not going to say no to Shohei Otani. No, um, no, absolutely not. Unless you're giving up like three of your regular um, major league, you know, members on on the team. But no, it's <laughs> if I could give up, you know, five prospects. Okay, I'm, yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I thought it was going to have to be something like. You know, four or five prospects and Michael Harris, or four or five prospects and Arcia, or or something along those lines. And um, right, yeah, yeah. If it's if it's AJ Smith, Shaver, and a couple prospects, yeah, I'm 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 signed up for it, Billy. Really. Uh, as you know, yesterday the 151st playing of the Open started yesterday. A lot of people call it the British Open over here. 156 golfers teed it up yesterday in hopes of becoming this year's champion golfer of the year at Royal Liverpool. The day ended with a three-way tie for first place between Cristio Lamprechette, Tommy Fleetwood, and Emiliano Grillo. They were all tied at five under. Uh, Lamprechette is an Englishman, and Tommy Fleetwood also an Englishman, so both of those guys kind of expect to be good playing at this Lynx-style course. Most of the eyes yesterday were on Rory, though, who won the Open in 2014. It was the last time the Open was at Royal Liverpool. Rory finished the day at even par, 32nd place. Um, had good and, and bad holes. Rory right now is on hole number five, and he's one under. So that's good for Rory starting off the day rather strong. I, I don't. He's wanna... at one under, but he's he's one under for the tournament too. So. Yes, correct. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Rory Rory's playing some good golf. Got into a bit of a trouble. Uh, on 18 yesterday, scrambled to save it. That was sort of Rory's M.O. yesterday. Is his, his putter let him down just a bit. Uh, if Rory's putter was a bit more dialed in yesterday, he probably would have been somewhere around three or four under and, and you know, in contention for the lead. But right now, uh, Rory is one under and seven shots back of the lead. So, you know, keep, keep playing, keep trotting along. The weather this weekend is supposed to get bad. Uh, so it's going to cause some absolutely insane scores, I would think. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, Mickelson found four birdies yesterday around the 18 holes, but, dude, he could not get out of his own way. Uh, he finished one over 
And the main reason was he kept dropping way too many shots in way too many easy easy greens. He he had a triple bogey on 17, or excuse me, a double bogey on 17 and then a triple bogey on 18. And that just absolutely blew up his round on 17. He hit it into the bunker off his tee shot, 17 to par 3. Hit it into the left side bunker, chipped it out of the left side bunker over into the right side bunker, got it onto the green and finally finished with a 6 on a par 3. So not a great way to end the day for Phil Mickelson. Uh, better than Victor Hovland, though. Victor Hovland, he shot well enough, had a good round. Uh, but on the long par 5 14th yesterday, he went back in his backswing to take a shot, got pooped on by a seagull. Wow. I've never seen that yeah. in all the years I've been watching golf. I have never seen a bird poop on a golfer. Freaking rats with wings, man. Um, <laughs> I, I can't stand them. <laughs> can't stand them. <laughs> That seagull, I saw him back up and then go back over to his caddy and get his towel and stuff. And the announcer was like, what the world's going on? And they played it back in slow-mo and zoomed in a little bit. And you can see little seagull put a little poo-poo-poo on, uh, on Victor Hovland's hand when he was going back to hit a shot. <laughs> That's hilarious, dude. I've never seen that. Uh, but the Open is going on right now. They teed off. I think the first tee time today was like around 1 a.m. our time or something crazy. Uh, Rory's Rory's on the uh, on the sixth right now, one under. Uh, we will wrap up hopefully on Sunday. Weather's supposed to get bad this weekend, so we'll see when they wrap up. But um, I think my money right now, I think my money's gonna go on Max Homa, man. Max Homa's playing really good golf at the moment, so I think that's where uh, that's where my money's gonna lie for the Open this weekend. Okay. Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. I'd love to see Rory, but yeah, I'm gonna go with Max. All right. Uh, and we are going to welcome in a special guest, Mr. Kenny Walker, for our Mount Zion football preview today. All right, switching gears, and we are going to – it is Friday, Bryce, which means that we are heading back out, and we are going to do a preview of our next football group, and this week is the Mount Zion Eagles. With that being said, we are going to reach out to our buddy, who is a hometown media, hometown sports media cohort of ours, and he will be calling a lot of these games. Coach Kenny Walker. Coach, thank you for joining us this morning. It's good to be with you. I appreciate it. Well, last year, uh, Mount Zion finished the season five and six, uh, ran into a lot of injuries. And uh, thankfully, it looks like Sherrod Montgomery will be 100% and back. What if you were able to talk with Coach Brad Gordon this week? What did you what was the sense that you got from him this week? I, I got a, a very encouraging and positive sense. That was one of the things that he uh, spoke about with Sherrod Montgomery because I called the game last year where he got injured and uh, he missed the rest of the season. And that was a big impact on Mount Zion offensively and defensively. And uh, he is going to keep Sherrod out of contact until game one. So he will not take part in the scrimmage games or contact at practice. He's gonna be extra careful uh, with this guy getting into his senior year. He will be the primary ball carrier, the running back, and he will be a corner on defense. Uh, big impact on both sides of the ball. And he'll probably be the kick returner too. So there's, there's a lot of expectations for Sherrod Montgomery. They are glad to have him back. And you know you look at you look at Mount Zion's schedule, and, and they got two preseason games to start off versus Temple and at Bremen, 
and and then they have an op- open game. They have a bye week the first week. Uh, how big is that for them to kind of take what they've learned those first couple of weeks and try to implement or fix whatever they saw in the first two scrimmage games with that first bye week they get in the week one before they even start their regular season schedule? Yeah, that's something we did talk about yesterday is uh, that bye week coming early this year. And uh, they do get to the scrimmage games and they can make some corrections and, and uh, head to Greenville on, uh, in week two, our week two, their week one. And uh, they've they got a new coaching staff at Greenville. They don't know what to expect. So they'll get a chance to get out and watch Greenville play and get some tape on them. So uh, that'll give them an opportunity of having that bye week in uh, week one. And, uh, you know, it, it means you don't have one later on in the year if you needed it. But uh, it will be an advantage, I think, uh, to get them ready for that week one game against Greenville. Hey, Coach, speaking of coaching, uh, we, we know that Brad kind of swapped around a little bit of the coaching. Did you get a chance to uh, talk to him about, you know, the new, the new roles that some of his coaching staff are taking on this year? Oh, no doubt. He's very excited about that. He did mention that he has a good mixture of uh, veteran coaches. He's got guys like David Thrower. Uh, he's got Justin Joyner has been with him for, for a long period of time. Justin is going to take the offense this year. He's been a defensive uh, coach for a while now, and he's going to take over the offense. But putting in a new offense is still going to be wing T, which they've always done. But it's going to have a new twist. They're going to run Wing T out of the shotgun, and Sherrod Montgomery will be a pistol back and uh, try not to dictate which way they're going to go by alignment and which side of the ball that uh, Sherrod Montgomery lines up on. Uh, they felt like in games last year that teams would take that away and by alignment, by where he lined up. This time he's going to be behind the quarterback in the pistol set and uh, – he feels like they'll be able to, you know, make teams adjust to them uh, at the last second. But he, he was excited about it. He's got a lot of young coaches on staff, but they're all Mount Zion grads, and they played football at Mount Zion. He's really excited about that because when you get that, you got guys that really care about Mount Zion and want to see them succeed because uh, it's their alma mater. And uh, he's really excited about Justin on the offensive side of the ball. But Brad's going to be the defensive play caller this year, uh, something that he hasn't done but uh, in a while. And uh, he seems to be excited about that. And uh, you know, the biggest thing defensively is, is getting his defensive line figured out. That's, that's uh, the big question mark at this point. And you talked about that defensive line. I know last year, Coach Nick White has a term of endearment uh, for the skill players. He calls them mosquitoes. And I know Mount Zion's had some uh, pretty talented mosquitoes out there. And you talked about the D line. The line was one of the kind of question marks for me going into last season for Mount Zion. What's that defensive line going to look like? And what's the defense as a whole going to look like uh, under under Coach Gordon this year? Okay, uh, they do have mosquitoes. And that's what he was uh very excited about is he's got depth at the skill positions this year. Uh, the back end of the secondary looks good. He's going to have Sherrod on one corner, Jerry Terrell. Talented kid's going to be on the other corner. And uh, Stanley Cross, who is a backup quarterback, is going to be uh, 
free safety. And i uh, got a good linebacking core that's going to be anchored by uh, Nathan Buchanan. Nathan's going to be a two-way player as well. One thing that he talked about uh, on line play is they're, they're going to have the opportunity this year not to have as many two-way players. That's one thing Mount Zion has always had to do is, is play guys two ways because of numbers and because of the lack of depth. But this year, he feels like he's going to be able to rotate players a lot, a lot more. Uh, he's got a couple of good defensive linemen, but he's going to have a rotation, sort of like they do in the NFL and D1 college football, is have more than, uh, you know, they play the 3-3 three, three stack, so more than three guys rotating in and out, and fresh bodies are always on the full field. And... Uh, that was what he was excited about on defense is he's able to he's going to nail down his defensive line but he's not going to have the same guys all the time he's going to have a rotation uh good linebacking core and they were real excited about a new kid i can't remember his name right now they just caught him uh bilo because uh we'll, we'll get his name fixed and uh bilo is the, is the name because it's a very long and difficult name to pronounce but uh, he was excited about that kid who's a, a sophomore coming up. So defensively, feels like they're doing pretty good. Uh, the back end in the secondary is probably the strong point. So we'll, that, we'll see how they, they manage because they start the season off, like we mentioned, with a bye. And then they go on the road to, to Greenville, which you guys, will, you and Scotty, will be heading out there. Then uh, they're back home against Jordan. On the road at Heritage Noonan, at home against Brookstone, which I'll be there for the Brookstone game. Um, at Monticello, home against Mount Pisgah and Mount Vernon. And then uh, they've got a, another bye week. And then the Murderer's Road. Then they have at Hurt County, at Christian Heritage, and, and home against Bowden. Those last three games, Coach, are going to be make or break for the entire season. Regardless of what happens in those seven, the previous seven games, those three games are going to be make or break about them. Well, you can look at it this way. Yeah, you can look at it this way. Those first seven games are going to be practice games uh, to prepare for those last three. Those last three are, are going to be the what determines where their postseason fate is going to be. And, uh, you know, especially Christian Heritage and Bowden. And, uh, you know, Heard County is a major opponent. But, uh, they should do pretty well, I think, in those first seven games. And uh, they'll have things nailed down as far as who their personnel, their best personnel groups are going to be and, and how their new offense is working. You know, he was excited about the new offense. And uh, it's wing T, but the kids don't see it as wing T because they line them up in the shotgun. And they're going to have two receivers to the left and a receiver wide to the right. It's gonna be a spread look that they'll run shotgun, I mean, uh, wing T plays out of that look. And I'm looking forward to seeing what it looks like. You know, they're gonna have guys that can get on the perimeter and have good speed and, and take it the distance, oh, they always have. And uh, he's pretty excited about his offensive line that that's gonna be a pretty uh, strong point. And he's got Nathan Buchanan's gonna play on the wing Tight inside, be a league blocker on a lot of those buck sweeps that they'll like to run with uh, Sherrod Montgomery. So, uh, uh, very encouraged by what I heard about the offense. And he said it's a, a new twist, the quarterback position, 
is a question mark. He's got a kid named Israel that's going to come in, and he's looking at that being the starter as a freshman, and he's a transfer from Heard County. And uh, they're looking at a young quarterback, and so, but they're, they're, what they're trying to get to is the RPO game. You know, if a team is taking away a certain thing, and they can go to something else with a call at the line of scrimmage. Early in the year, probably not going to leave the quarterback, the young quarterback, uh, give him much control over that. They're going to do it uh, from the sideline. But later in the year, when they get down to those final three games, maybe the young quarterback has enough experience under his belt that uh, he'll be able to run the RPO game and get them in the play that they need to be in. Well, Coach, I can't thank you enough for joining us this morning on the Morning 5 to break down some Mount Zion Eagle football. It's about time for 2023 to start. Yeah, I got out there yesterday and watched a little practice and sat down in Tyler Brown. It was good to be there and, and get uh, football is right around the corner, guys. It's, it's almost here. It's Just almost here. a couple here. weeks away. Mount Zion's going to be a good squad this year, man. I'm excited. Uh, we talked to Coach Gordon a couple days ago. He seemed really juiced up about this season. Um, you know, the, the one thing I kind of brought up was the offensive and defensive line that had a question marks on it. That seems to be sorted out. If they can stay healthy, man, they're going to be a talented squad. It's going to be a fun year. I can't wait. Yep. And uh, we've only got two more previews left, and uh, we'll be we'll be hitting hitting it hard, hard at that point. So let's go. Uh, let's hit the Marines House scoreboard. Uh, last night in the NL East, Brewers. Oops. Oh, I forgot to write down the scores. My bad. <laughs> Hold on, let me pull him up. We forgot to do that this morning. Uh, Brewers going to be the really tough scoreboard. The Bre- Brewers beat the Phillies four to nothing, and the White Sox beat the Mets uh, six to two. <laughs> I forgot. Cool. All right, let's head to the Smith floor covering games and events calendar. The uh, Women's World Cup begins tonight. Uh, United States versus Vietnam will take off at kick off at nine p.m. tonight. Who are they um, playing? Vietnam. Oh, uh, yes, it right. Vietnam. Good Better? morning, Vietnam. Okay. I love that movie. How do you feel? That's all I got to say about so Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> all I got to say about <laughs> Vietnam. I got shot in the butt. <laughs> Buttocks. You guys said Buttocks. Uh, in the NL East tonight, Braves at Brewers at 810, Rockies at Marlins at 640, Giants at Nationals at 705, Mets at the Red Sox at 710, and Phillies at Guardians at 710. On Saturday, Braves at Brewers 715, Rockies Marlins at 110, Giants at Nationals at 705, Mets at Red Sox at 410, Phillies at Guardians at 710. On Sunday, Braves at Brewers at 210 first pitch. Rockies at Marlins at 140. Giants at Nationals 135. Mets at Red Sox 7 o'clock. And Mets at Guardians a 140 first pitch. All right. So that's the Smith Floor Coverings Games Events Calendar. I'm actually looking forward to, um, I know this is going to sound funny, but I am actually looking forward to the Women's World Cup. I am too. I'll be honest with you. I look look more forward to the Women's World Cup than I do the Men's World Cup because I know... I know the women's world cup in a freaking chance. Exactly. We have, <laughs> we have a very good chance of winning, of winning. I mean, just to tell you the odds, do you know what the odds are on today's USA versus Vietnam game? Yes. USA is a 30 
thousand, a minus thirty thousand favorite. That's yeah. insane. Uh, yeah, I, I love watching the U.S. Women's Cup, uh, World Cup. It's uh, it actually gives so us a chance. Been- Five dollars minus thirty thousand. Dude, I have I don't I don't even know. I seriously have no one. <laughs> you might get half of a cent back. Uh, speaking uh, of speaking betting, of that, let's get yeah. to the incredible full not turn dollars. Yeah, let's hit that up. Uh, I, I'm right now sitting at one sixty two seventy eight. You're at one ninety five thirty. Not the best weekend last weekend for us. Uh, try to get gotta get back. How I'm still at one ninety five? I don't know because I thought I was at one ninety five last week. And I think somehow you hit I'm a bet there. to save it. Um, I think one of your bets saved the other two. I think is what it was. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so give me give me USA versus Vietnam. I'm gonna go the over on goals. Total goals scored right now four and a half goals. I'm going over at a minus three sixty. Uh, give me Scotty Scheffler today on his round. I think he's gonna hit three or more birdies today on his round that's at a minus 320 scotty scheffler played pretty good golf yesterday uh and give me joseph newgarden to win at iowa this weekend in the indy car racing league they are at iowa this weekend uh, oval that joseph newgarden usually dominates at so i think he's gonna pick up a win this weekend that is at a plus 330 all right give me uh angels and shohei otani versus the bucks tonight oh, going against minus the buckos Yep, uh, that's a plus 104. Uh, Brian Harmon to win the Open. He is out front right now. He's a minus four right now uh, today, and which is what? Minus eight for yep. the tournament? Yep, minus eight for the tournament. Uh, three clear of the second place guy, and Harmon is through. I think Harmon's through 10 right now? I don't know. I'm currently watching him swing in slow motion. Show me what he's through. I think he's through 10 right now. Um, and the other the other guys that are tied at minus five will tee off probably around nine ish. I would assume this morning. He's playing really good golf right now. <clears throat> Excuse he's me. Through oh, nine. Yes, he's on ten eight. right now. Yes, he's playing very Ooh. good. And then to give me on the women's World Cup tonight, Alex Morgan to score in the first half, U.S. to lead by two plus at halftime. That's a good one. That's a minus one twenty. That's a good one. I like that. I like that bet a lot. Really good. That is the Incredible Pulp Soft Earned Dollar segment. Incredible Pulp is gearing up to slang nade this football season, man. I know they're going to be uh, they're they're at every single Central home game, right? Uh, they're going to be. Um, I've given him our our schedule on where the pregame will be, and a lot of them he'll be able to be at. He just can't be at um, heard. Right. Right. All right. Well, that's a. Keep an eye out for the incredible Pope. I'm telling you, he, 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 his name, I think it's the incredible Pope wagon, right? Uh, and I, t- I told him, I said, you missed the opportunity to call it the incredible Pope mobile and fashion, fashion his lemonade, <laughs> his lemonade van after the incredible po- uh, the, uh, the Pope mobile. I think that'd be kind of cool. Uh, but yeah. keep, keep an eye out for the, this, uh, this football season. If they're there, go over there, grab a, grab a nice ice cold lemonade and tell them the morning five guys sent you. Cause they do, Amazing work. Steve and Carol Walker are the type of people that you want. I mean, they're just amazing. Yeah, they're the the type of people that you want to buy anything from. Anything they sell, uh, you want to buy. You want to support those guys. They they give back to the community and love the community. And those are the the type of people that you want to be business partners with. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Uh, let's get to another cup of coffee. Billy, brought to you by realtor Hannah Strong, Robert Goolsby Real Estate Group. Commander's Dan Snyder finds $60 million over findings in the investigation. It's funny that this comes out yesterday it after is. the sale of the Commanders, which <laughs> finally goes through, happens. Uh, I, I find it funny. It's yeah. really, really funny because he is a world-class D-bag. Yes, absolutely. The biggest one. And the fact that he just got fined 60 mil. No. S- no. 60 <laughs> million. 60 mil. That's funny. That's funny. 60, 60 million dollars. That's pretty. Well, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And speaking of, the NFL owners approved the sale of the Washington commies yesterday to the Harris Group for a nice, cool sum of $6.05 billion. That's billion with a B, folks. I'm not surprised. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a long time coming, and it, I'm glad it's finally happening for them. Honestly, I am I'm happy for their fans. Yeah, because because yeah. Quinn Schneider is a or Daniel Schneider, excuse me, is an absolute d bag. So getting out from under the commies and getting out from under Dan Schneider is a good thing for all Washington fans. Do you think they're going to change the name of their logo? Do you think they're going to change anything up with that, or they're going to stick with the commies? I have no idea. I hope they, I like the Washington no. football team. I think that was kind of. I think that was kind of cool and unique and, and funny. I wish they'd go back to that. Yeah. But better than the commies. Uh, Vikings rookie Jordan Addison cited for going 140 miles an hour in a 55 MPH zone. So I'm going to be weird here. Okay. <clears throat> I've never driven 100 miles an hour in my life. Okay. What is the purpose of going 140 in a 55? Um, I'm not sure. To be honest with you, I'm like, not. What is going through your head that says, huh, I need to go literally 30 miles over twice the speed limit? I don't have that answer for you. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I wonder what car he was in. That was a Lamborghini Urus, a super sport SUV. Why does Lamborghini make an SUV? Jesus. I don't know. Um, I don't know, man. The only time I've gone that fast is on is on drag, you know, drag strips. I've uh, I don't think I've ever gone that fast, which is understandable. Right, that's the purpose of that. Right, in a fifty-five mile an hour zone. No, yeah, nope. I, I can't. I can't. it was it was kind of surprising to me. I, I looked because um, I didn't right off the bat. Right off the bat, I didn't know. Who, I didn't remember who Jordan Addison was, and I looked him up, and I was kind of shocked to see that he didn't he didn't go to UGA. Um, that was kind of surprising. He went wow. to uh, shots fired. <laughs> God bless. <laughs> I was kind of shocked by that. He went to USC. So, uh, oh, but yeah, wow. 140 and a 55. Uh, uh, Raina given. So I, I'll yeah. say this real quick. Yeah. My dad, you know, my dad works for Douglasville City. Right. Um, he's a bailiff at, at the, in the courtroom. Yep. And anytime they have somebody in the court that gets pulled over for doing a hundred on I-20 a person has to spend a night in jail the judge will make him spend a night in jail and he he literally asks the people it's like there's no point in going a hundred what is your reasoning for going a hundred on 20 and then they obviously don't have a good reason so he's it's like you're gonna spend a night in jail and yeah. puts him in jail for one night yeah. and you know it's just that's the one like I don't I can't do that i i understand that on i-20 
Uh, but you can't tell me that that same rule should apply to I-285. Because <laughs> if you don't if you don't go at least 100 on 285, somebody's going to run into the back. Like, the, the, the speed limit on 285 is merely a suggestion. You have to go as fast as everybody else is around you is going. Same thing for 400 north above 285 and above Atlanta. You got to go at least 100 to stay with the flow of traffic. Like, on 20, I understand that. But, like, on, on 285 and 400 north, uh, you know, that, that type of rule doesn't need to apply because you at least need to go to 100, 100 to stay with the flow of traffic that's going on there. 285 is very similar to the Oval down in Hampton. Yes, it is. It's very, very similar. <laughs> it's just a little bit wider. <laughs> uh, Giovanni Reyna was given United States men's national team assurance after Burr Halter has been rehired. So you remember back in the 2022 World Cup, the whole kerfuffle between Giovanni Reyna and his family and him not starting and the drama that happened with uh, Coach Burr Halter. Um, yeah. and, and after the United States men's national team and everybody spent millions of dollars to look for head coaches and have a consortium come in and help everybody out on how they should proceed in the future and what head coach they should get in a worldwide coaching search, they decided just to hire the same SOB that was already there. That makes sense. That's a way to waste, uh, waste a lot of money. Good job, uh, U.S. soccer sporting directors. Uh, fantastic. But uh, Giovanni Reyna was given assurance yesterday that Everything that happened in 2022 is water under the bridge and behind them and that he will have a place in the squad going forward. So uh, if you want one of the most mismanaged sports entities in the entire world, it's the United States men's national team. Jeez. Yeah, it's, that's embarrassing. Huh. It's an absolute like if, you joke. Want to, if you want to be happy about World Cup soccer, it's the women's side. It is. Because the men's side is absolutely embarrassing. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. I support the women more than I do the men because the men are an absolute joke. Uh, and today in 1973, Braves Hank Aaron hits Philadelphia Phillies Ken Brett's fastball for his 700th home run in Atlanta. Oh, boy. Yep. Like I said, boy. every time we can celebrate Hank Aaron on this podcast, we will do it because he is the greatest baseball player of all time. Yep. And we will die on that hill. You got anything else for us today, man? No, man, there's a ton of sports this weekend. So uh, I hope everyone has like is smart enough to sit inside away from all of the uh, heat and and watch the Open, watch World Cup, watch Braves. Um, Kenny Walker is actually heading up to Milwaukee to watch the Braves and Brewers in Milwaukee this weekend. I believe so. it's pronounced Milwaukee. 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 You're right. Yeah. We got, uh, we're going to the rodeo, the Carrollton rodeo tonight. Uh, tomorrow morning, we are playing in the Temple Tigers football scramble out at Mirror Lake. And then after that, we are going to the Amp in Carrollton to watch a Jimmy Buffett tribute band. Well, uh, hey, yeah, we are too. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we will, uh, we will be there. I'm a, I'm a huge parrot head. I love Jimmy Buffett. Uh, I listen to Jimmy Buffett. Just about every time I turn the radio on in the car, it's it's Jimmy Buffett Channel 24 radio on Sirius XM. Um, and then, yeah, Sunday, we don't have anything to do. So Sunday, I'm planning to stay inside, uh, drink a couple adult beverages, and watch the Braves in the open and a little NASCAR up at Pocono. See if my old boy uh, Priest Lightning can possibly get a win and win himself into the playoffs. It's getting it's getting do or die time for Priest Lightning and crew. We we need Matt Ridgway to be in the 
in the playoffs. We do. There's no doubt. Absolutely. Uh, and Matt Ridgway, if you're not in the playoffs, um, just quit the races and come down and work with us in Georgia. That works. That works. When you say work with us, what, what are you planning on giving him? Uh, everything. Whatever he wants to do. He's more than welcome to. I need. A, I, need I still don't have a color commentator. Maybe I can get him to do the my color guy. That'd be fun. Uh, that'd be, that'd yeah, be that'd be a lot. I don't of fun. know. I don't know how much football you guys would be able to hear, but it'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, but for Billy Lindahl, I am Bryce Sparling. Thank y'all for tuning in from the Morning Five. We'll see you on Monday, same time, same place. Shake your neighbor. Just shake them. Shake your neighbor.